The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Tech Tuesday with Andy O'Donoghue. And Andy, what is chat GPT and why is it attracting so much attention at present? Well, launched in November, I think, Matt, chat GPT is a chatbot AI. So it's one of those chatbots that chats to you by using what's called natural language. So in the same way that you and I would speak to each other or send an email to each other, this AI chats and produces output in the same way. And it's owned by a company called OpenAI, which is a San Francisco-based for-profit lab that was financed by a couple of very important people in the technology business, including Sam Altman, Jessica Livingston and Elon Musk. And they put a lot of money into this back in 2015. And in fact, only in the last day or so, we discovered that uh, Microsoft have uh, are investing billions of dollars into chat GPT perhaps for a more commercial reason. But why it is the talk of the world, Matt, and it really is at the minute, is that they have released a demo version that you can go on and um, you can ask it to do some stuff. So earlier today, I asked it to write a poem about Tech Tuesday on The Last Word. And um, uh, it it, it made a fair effort. But then I said, okay, well, um, delete Matt and Andy from that. And the show is... Uh, broadcast in the afternoon, not the morning. Can you update the, the poem? And it did. So it improved it over maybe three okay, or four so times. On. So the premise of that suggests to me is that you asked it to write a poem about Tech Tuesday on The Last Word in Today FM. So it then searched the internet for all the information that it could possibly get about the programme and then it wrote a poem about it. Yeah, it did. Wrote a poem. And I told it how many lines to do. And I experimented a bit. I did a limerick and I did a sonnet. And uh, and it did all those things. And it things. reading. And, uh, well, I, I just tweeted one just before we came on air. So I'm sure listeners uh, might text you to tell you uh, that it's not going to challenge uh, Seamus Heaney, uh, the works of. But it's a lot of fun. And um, what is important about it to remember is that this is a demonstration, but it's a demonstration of incredibly powerful technology. And where this is important is that it will be used, this type of technology will be used by companies um, in in customer service um, uh, roles and tasks. So it will be able to communicate with customers. And given what it can, the amount of information that it can learn and remember and, um, you know, uh, process, it does have the potential to be hugely useful. I mean, people have asked it to write essays for college. People have asked it to write wedding speeches. A friend of mine asked for a father of the groom speech last week and he said it gave him a really good one that he is going to use most of. So, so, so what did he give this chatbot to conduct or to construct it? Because he must have given it a large degree of personal information about his son or daughter, spouse, about himself and his family. Exactly. And, and he did. And in the same way that I was able to sort of change my request as I went along, each session that you have with ChatGPT, so when I asked it to write the poem and say for the wedding speech, you start at a point, but then if you don't get exactly what you want, you can ask it to improve or to change things or to say, you know, um, I don't like that tone, make it more adventurous, make it, make it wittier or perhaps make it more reflective. And it does all of that. One, of, I mean, it's tremendous tech, Matt. 
Matt, uh, it does present a number of problems for us, <laughs> for society at large, though, in that it produces material that sounds very authoritative um, and that may be completely wrong. So that's important to remember. Pe- Why might it be completely wrong if it goes to Wikipedia for its information, perhaps? Is it? Well, uh, you know, I, well, exactly. If 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 it was if it was getting data from a corrupt or incorrect source, so things like that have to be dealt with. There's kind of ethical. Uh, things to be considered. Um, people did try to sort of corrupt it by getting it to, you know, do far right or neo-fascist or, uh, um, opinions out of it when it was just launched. So we do have to be careful with this technology, but companies do see it as a tremendous opportunity. Yeah, but hang on, does it not also encourage laziness and cheating? Because mm. you mentioned there, for example, university mm. papers. So, you know, at the moment there are problems with paper farms and whatever, yeah. and some uh, students do cheat by getting our paper, you know, yeah. paper mills or whatever they call them. But what you could do here strikes me is that if you give it a certain amount of mm. your own information, you could get something constructed that would be different to what the other person doing the exam might get. Absolutely right. And plagiarism at universities has been a challenge for years, for decades even. In the last few years, we've sophisticated plagiarism detectors like Turnitin, I think, is one. And when you submit papers, you know, you get from a, from a green, uh, amber, red sort of selection. You should always be in the middle because you should be citing the same sources and things like that. But it will be a challenge for universities and universities will have to deal with this. And you're right, as these natural language models get better, it does become really interesting about how universities and professional organisations will deal with that. A listener says, chat GPT does not search the internet. But then how would it get information about Tech Tuesday and us to put into the poem if it doesn't? It it doesn't do a live search, but what it is, it has been exposed to information. And so it has been exposed to a percentage of Wikipedia. Um, It's a small percentage, I think three or four percent at the minute and a, a greater amount of data across other sources. Now, what is interesting about the Microsoft involvement that we've seen in the last couple of days or that has been announced is that the story appears to be that Microsoft might be thinking that this is a way for them to challenge Google's domination of search. Microsoft's Bing has a very small percentage of the market at the minute. ChatGPT, if they commercialise it, uh, given the access um, and abilities that it could potentially have, could be a very interesting time for them. A listener says it doesn't have info from 2022. Its answers come from data it was trained on when it was initially been built up. But also, does it not promote laziness rather than actually, you know, writing your own father of the bride or groom speech or best man speech that you effectively subcontracted. If you can start subcontracting <laughs> everything, you do nothing for yourself. Well, this is, I suppose, you know, in, in that great dystopian world where we have a two and a half day week, a universal basic income and lots of time for leisure, um, it will be because tools like this are doing some of our jobs for us. Unquestionably, though, there is a serious question about how this potentially impacts creative processes because we have seen similar AI applied to art which DALI, which is also owned by um, OpenAI, is a fascinating project. And I've been playing with that, generating um, random artworks that you describe to it. So you can ask for a picture of um, um, a microphone in the style of Renoir. And it does it. It's truly remarkable. But all of these things are illustrations about what they can do. And I think, you know, we're at a point where... Um, and part of OpenAI's initial brief was to create ethical AI, and that's really important to remember about it. The listener wants to know, will they develop AI to correct the essays written by AI? 
that that's a good point and um that's probably what will happen um, but you know um as we mentioned art there's also been tremendous advances in music for a long time we've had you know lots of hits we hear on the radio have those loops from garage band the apple software that comes for free when you buy a mac but now we have ai producing really um quality music in all genres that are indiscernible from uh, from uh, human artists. And that in itself is also another question about whether you want to listen to music created by AI. Another story. Tell us about the failed space launch out of England last night. Well, this is this was a terrible shame. I mean, it was great news for the British space industry, for Virgin Orbit, and for... Nifi- if it had worked. If it had worked. And, I mean, it was... Uh, so they launched um, Cosmic Girl, which was a converted 747, used to be a Virgin Atlantic aeroplane that was converted. It was going to carry a rocket with, I think, seven or nine satellites, about the size of cereal boxes. So quite a small rocket and quite a small... And sorry, was it taking off like what we might regard as a conventional plane yeah. rather than a rocket going up vertically. Exactly. So the 747 took off like a conventional plane. It, it left Cornwall. It came over uh, the southwest of Ireland and there was some warnings in place so ships were warned to stay out of the area. It circled around and it climbed and it got to its 35,000 feet um, desired um, launch and the idea is then they do what's called the rocket drop. So the rocket drops in a in a horizontal way and kind of takes off a little bit like you you know you see on television as opposed to that vertical launch. And it appeared to be going fine. And in fact, the aircraft that launched it was on its way back to Newquay, and there was an initial rocket stage that went fine. The second one didn't work, and so it failed to get that 500 kilometer um, height that it needed to launch the satellites. And it's suspected that the rocket burnt up mostly and what was left fell into the sea. Tremendously disappointing. And, you know, they will try again, but it does show how difficult these sort of launches are. Yeah, so is that the company in big trouble? See, the stock price collapsed afterwards, didn't it? Uh, Today, I think it was down 20%. And um, they're the company that, you know, we're talking about commercialising space in the same way that Elon Musk's SpaceX have uh, commercialised space. And, you know, Virgin Orbit are a long way behind. They have a long way to go. And I think what last night proved us is that when we see people like NASA and SpaceX, success after success in their launches and well, deployments. Well, if SpaceX has had a fair few explosions, it's that things blown up on it. Uh, it's been a while since they've had any serious one. And most importantly, they've conveyed people to the ISS successfully for NASA. Space is really hard, Matt. And the other thing that we've seen about the share price of Virgin today is it's also really expensive. And those satellites cost, you know, lots of money, as does a rocket. They will try again, but they will have a lot of work to do before they try again. Andy O'Donoghue, thank you very much for joining us for Tech Tuesday. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.